What is up? It is episode 27. This episode, man, I was editing it and listening back and I had to cut so much out because it is, it's such a cluster. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to warn you straight into it. And it's so unfortunate because even though the sound quality is just total crap and that's my fault, the information that is in this episode is so completely useful, especially if you are somebody who is suffering uh, with nutritional imbalance. Uh, Maybe you have not been motivated through 2020 to, you know, eat better or get in shape, or maybe you don't even know what those options are. My friend, Kelsey Eversmeyer, she is a nutritionist, a shame-free nutritionist and healthy habits coach. She has her master's in this stuff. She is so smart. We had had this whole thing scheduled for so long. She's getting ready to move to a different city. I wanted to get her on the podcast before she left. And so we felt most comfortable going over to my house and recording the episode on my back deck outside, you know, in the open air. And then we get about, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes into this damn thing. And some neighbor of mine, you know, early in the morning, of course, living in the county, uh, somebody starts sawing off trees in their yard. And so you all of a sudden hear like this Jason Voorhees saw in the background. So anyway, we had to move it inside. So there's a couple of shifts. But honestly, if you listen in headphones, I think this episode will make you feel like you're in the room with us and you actually hear nature on the outside. And there's tons of laughs in this thing, man. I was so fed up. (laughs) I was so fed up by the time we got in the house. And luckily, Kelsey has such a great attitude and she just endured everything with me. But we ended up talking for a really long time about health and wellness and nutrition, things that I've been reflecting on and trying to make new habits and better changes in my life to encompass. So I think you will get a lot from this if you have patience with us. Uh, Maybe this is the first hurdle of many for you. Uh, But man, there's so much information packed in this and you will learn so much from Kelsey, especially if you're somebody who needed a kick in the ass to start eating better or making better habits. Kelsey is a coach to do that. So I wanted to introduce you all to her. So please enjoy this very frustrating and enlightening conversation with a lot of humor with my great friend, Kelsey Eversmeyer. Okay, so you are a licensed nutritionist. Yes, I'm a nutritionist, so I'm not necessarily licensed, but I have a degree. You have a degree? Yeah, I have well, a degree. Well, what's the difference? Like, I would assume that so that's perfect whenever enough. it goes, whenever you're talking about licenses, usually we're getting into dietitians. So, oh, okay. So, nutritionists and dietitians, um, people think that they're the same thing most of the time, because they kind of do the same line of work. It's right. Just, it's about the same. However, the stark difference is that dietitians, they have to have a medical license in order to give um, nutrition advice because they largely work with general population for just, you know, general weight management. But then they also work with people who are um, dealing with diseases or have, like, um, nutritionally limiting types of conditions like diabetes or things like that. Gotcha. So nutritionists, although they still do... Um, legally cannot write meal plans and things of that nature, um, even though you you see meal plans all over Pinterest and everything. So our industry is not unregulated. It's not fair to say that because it does have regulations, but um, it's not strongly regulated, nor is it very much enforced. Okay. So those are the difference between the two. I have my degree in um, human performance. 
So that covered me for exercise science and nutrition. Got it. So I will not work with anyone. I have one client who has diabetes, but we work closely with his doctor. Mm -hmm. um, so I very much so stay in my lane as far as sure. that goes. Why did you decide to pursue this field? So this field was something that I always felt a deep attachment to because um, something that you had actually said on a previous podcast, I forget which one it was, um, but you ended up talking about how we are influenced so much by the way that our moms talk about our bodies and things like that. It was, yeah, it was the last episode with Donnie. Oh, with Donnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, we were like we're so influenced by that and that was very much a part of my story as well um you know cottage cheese ass is something yep. that unfortunately comes out of my mouth more often than I want to and I'm like <laughs> there's mom it's it's the 90s. It's that, the 90s that's a term that was like in Cosmo Coined. in the 90s yes. yeah and that's the other thing is that we're so influenced and for some reason from a young age, I also had a lot of stomach issues. I did too. Interesting. Yeah, had a lot of stomach issues and there's two parts to that. One, now that I am a nutritionist and I look back on how my parents fed me, I was like, well, all I got was cheese sticks, pizza, and like chicken and mac and cheese. So and chicken McNuggets. Chicken nuggets was yeah. my favorite. Oh, um, and I'm not here to bash on McDonald's chicken McNuggets. I was just talking, we saw a commercial last night about Chicken McNuggets, and I told Tim, I said, I've probably eaten a thousand Chicken McNuggets oh, in sure. my life, and I love them. Yes. I haven't had them in many years, Yes, but if I, like, I don't know, like, I loved Chicken McNuggets, barbecue sauce from McDonald's. My yeah. mom was, like, a single mom, so she was like, just eat it. You know, she just yeah. didn't care, and it was the best ever. Yeah. But also probably not the healthiest option every day. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And that's the thing, you know, like, we, we all have grown up with that, especially because we're, culturally, we're influenced by food. Everything happens around food. Oh, yeah. And whenever you have a culture that prides, um, you know, working nonstop and being busy as kind of a medal of honor, yeah, we fall into whatever habits that we have to kind of adapt to right in order to rise to that standard that we have around us so we you know fast food was the ticket there fast food fed the families for cheap and while they were on the go yeah. and people could work longer and work harder and just grab a quick bite to eat so now we're in a phase where as an adult I'm looking back and going okay so why did these things happen and for whatever reason, food and nutrition really stuck with me. I have a very distinct memory of when I was even in seventh grade, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I had a poster above my bed, and you're going to find this laughable because you know where my food philosophy is at at this point. But I had a poster over my bed that said, food is fuel. <laughs> and it had all of these like clean foods on it. You know? Yeah. And I remember even as young as being in seventh grade, that was something that I felt like I had to do in order to lose weight. Interesting. Even at that young age. Um, I was also a dancer since I was three. So a lot of that culture yeah. plays into that as well. But for whatever reason, it ended up latching on and now this is where I'm at like I started personal training people when I was in high school in the junior year of high school and then eventually went on to get a business degree in which I also got a personal training certification started doing that in the right. gym 
um, really hated that I was realizing that my clients, though they were doing really good in their training sessions, um, I just wasn't seeing them actually make changes. Right. And the thing that, that peeved me the most, and I was more mad at myself than them, is that when there was traffic or if I was sick and couldn't show up to the training session, mm -hmm. they weren't showing up. Right. It was in that moment that I realized there's an issue here. Yeah, there's a break. Why are we telling people to work out and to eat more vegetables and to move more and eat less and all of these really blanket statement type of things, but then at the end of the day, when they're on their own, they're not able to do it on their own. Yeah. You know, something falls through. So that made me curious. So then I started toying with the idea of going for my master's in, in nutrition and exercise. Um mostly because I kind of felt inadequate to be able to talk about these things without having more of a foundation underneath sure. me. So I did that, and now, you know, there's always more to learn. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, that's the whole basis of wisdom, <laughs> exactly. you know? Exactly. So, yeah, so now we're at this point where I'm actually teaching people. I'm, I'm functioning as a nutritionist as, and as a guidance for exercise, mm -hmm. but we really work on habit formation and mindset because you really can't do the deep work. You really can't make the changes unless you get to that level and then move forward. I'm pulling my phone out to look up. So I've been reading a lot this year and um, it's so interesting. We're talking about a couple of things that I've I have in my queue that I've done like sample readings of, yeah. um, which right now I'm reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, highly suggest yeah, for yeah, that's everyone. A good one. But there's uh, Charles Duhigg wrote a book called The Power of Habit. Mm. Have you heard of this book? I've heard of it, but I haven't read this one yet. I've only read the first chapter and I have it to buy after I read Untamed. Um, but I was, I had just, re so I had just read, I, I need to talk to you about a couple of things that you just rattled about yeah. because um, I just read Darren Oleen's book, Super Life, which mm. has to do with superfoods that he like has trekked across the whole world to find and yeah. like and the he, goji berries, yeah. things like that. Yeah. And he, he has that Netflix show with Zac Efron right now that's trending um, where they talk about environmentally oh, friendly yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I read his book and it was pretty dense, but he talks about like you know, um, being alkaline and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not overdoing protein and, uh, you know, essentially living a plant-based life yeah. with your foods. But, um, he doesn't necessarily, well, what, he doesn't really talk about habit as much as mm -hmm. he talks about responsibility yeah. and the power of choice of what we consume. Yeah. And that's really resonated with me through his book because I, I think I've eaten well for the last at least eight years mm -hmm. um, when I started to make some conscious decisions. But over the over time, you kind of get you get back into habits because mm -hmm. life happens. And so um, I started looking for something else to read, and that's whenever I found, you know, the power of habit. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of going to be my next phase of how I'm doing work on myself through yeah. everything because it really is. It's such a big deal as far as health goes with mm -hmm. what our habits are. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that, yeah. but I want to go back to what you were talking about with the poster and with the hard work and the lifestyle and being a, you know, dancing as a kid and like all this stuff that kind of revolved around mm -hmm. what you do now. And I got to tell you, it's so interesting because I think that if everybody can think back to being a little kid and what their hobbies and what they like to do when they were a kid, because I think mm -hmm. that that's a baseline for joy. Yes. 
um, you know, I look back at myself and I remember having a, um, one of those Tyco or little Tyke, um, it was a tape player box and it had a microphone with a spring cord. I had yeah. that. And, yeah. and I would sit I in my windowsill and I would talk and I would put the speaker out the window. I'd have the window up oh and I'd put the speaker to the uh, screen and I would, I would talk to like the rain yeah. and, and do all this stuff. I actually fell out of the window one time, oh um, my God. <laughs> but it was all right. But, it, <laughs> but I think about like doing the radio now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had that in me whenever I was four years old. That's so funny. And I was teaching all of my stuffed animals on my bed. Yeah. That's what I would do as a kid. Isn't that great? Like yeah. that that's kind of where our hearts started understanding and kind of unraveling what our passions were. Yeah. And sometimes that changes, but I think majority of people, if they look back, you know, if you're a hairstylist, you probably were cutting Barbie's hair, or, right. you know, or, you know, cutting, shaving Barbie's head, like, or your own, or your own. Yeah. You're probably doing <laughs> it to yourself. Like, you know, and, or if you're a lawyer, you probably argued your way out of everything as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I think the baseline of what we, our souls just were born as, you know, it's not a, as simple as just, okay, you're born and this is what we're going to do. It's not as mechanical as that, but I feel mm-hmm. like there is something inherently in us that is our path. And many of us listen to it. Some of us, you know, revolt against it and just can't even imagine. But I think maybe everybody should go back into their lives and look at old photos and see what you were interested in and see if you're doing anything like that now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, tell me about, because what I've been doing with the podcast, uh, these last few series is like I had, uh, Mandy Griffin on Jimmy Griffin's wife. Yeah, I love her. Of course, somebody's going to start. Why, (laughs) why don't people, why doesn't anybody want this podcast to happen? I have noticed that people do love working on their yard first thing in the morning. People drive me nuts. (laughs) Like, where is it even coming from? I guess I shouldn't assume it's a sir. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I guess, no, it's probably a dude. We're in the county. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um... Let me see if I can, like, ask him to wait. I mean, is it, like, a nice little background noise? ASMR? Um, S- ASMR. I don't know if it's that. I think it will... Tra- I think it's kind of traumatizing. People are probably like, is that a... Like, a... Is it Jason, like, coming out of the woods? It's not the October It's movies. not... Maybe it's just one thing he needs to cut down. Maybe it will be all right. Actually, a few interesting things that you just said, though, that I do okay. really want to talk about. Because as far as I've, <laughs> hopefully it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Live with it, people. Let it happen. <laughs> this is life. Just let it happen. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So whenever it comes to that childhood moment, I have talked to Robbie, my boyfriend, extensively about this too. We like to get into these very deep philosophical types of conversations. Love that about him. Yeah. Oh, he's love it. I need like a, (laughs) like a Robbie crush Tuesday. Like you do. do. We don't have an R for the weekdays, but we'll Mm. find one. Isn't R? No, you could do Thursday because I feel like because Tuesday was the T like in school, they used to use R for Thursday. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Robbie crush Thursday. Robbie crush Thursday. We could do that. (laughs) He's brilliant. He deserves his own day. 
<laughs> but yeah, so we've been talking about this, and I think to add on to your childhood conversation, like as a child, that's where we're not living without boundaries because we still have boundaries to live within. Um, they're just directed by our parents more so. Right. Um, but we live without restriction when we are kids. Right. Like, our mind does not have restrictions on it because we think the world is our oyster. Yeah, we don't have biases yet. Yeah, and we, you know, learn those things as we get older, and that's, I think, really speaks to your point of it may be changing later on once we do have influences, whether that's good or bad. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think that is the direct mentality that I've taken straight into the way that I handle nutrition is I tell people when we live without restriction, we realize that we have the choice. Yes. That we get to decide what that looks like. And we get to do that without the biases of culture, without the people around us, without, you know, those who make us feel like we need to lose weight. Right. Things like that. So I actually teach play to adults in my program. I teach self-care to adults in my program. I teach um, not always having to be productive or have a point to what you're doing in my program. And I also teach that whenever it comes to food... <laughs> no! <laughs> O-M-F-ing A! They don't want the truth. They, this you guy is... We don't. We do live in the county. We do live in the county. I don't even see him. Some mysterious figure in the woods. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) The longest held note if I've ever heard one. Oh my is God. this a what? chainsaw or is this I th- a weed whacker? I, I have no idea. I think it's a, cha- I think it's a chainsaw. A, a tree project is a long project. No, I know. I, everybody's cutting down their dead-ass trees. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like hands on the hip, on, white, white woman on the deck. Here we go. Like, I am so angry. I am, I am carrying out right now. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I'm leaving all of this in, by the way. This is I'm hilarious. Totally fine with that. I am people, out I, right now. People need to know. <laughs> Damn it! Like, I love that the, you're setting up and you're giving people these options yeah. to kind of, I like to say, surrender yes. to these other things that they're not doing necessarily all the time. Yeah. So how do you implement habit with play or habit with letting your guard down and saying like, okay, I'm going to make the choice with, with, um, you know, eating, eating in a way that I feel productive and I'm not just hungry and I got to savagely eat whatever's in my freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Sir, this is an important part of the conversation. We have options. We could move it inside. I'm only comfortable with that if you're completely comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with We could sit at the table and okay. let's yeah. do that. Let's pause. Okay, now we're inside. Ooh. So it's not as <laughs> not as insane. 
Oh, excuse me. It's not as insane sounding. Um, Probably even more distracting for us because we can hear it a lot louder than everyone else. I know. It's still going on out there. We're like, um... Well, now it's it's funny because now you can you can definitely tell the difference between outdoor it's so full and then in here it's like hard surfaces and yeah. so anyway anyway it's it, an audiophile is going to lose their damn mind with this but it'll be fine. It's um, a, it's a nice calm serene mood in here. It is. Oh, I move that. Okay. So many edits to be done. That's okay. <clears throat> Actually, take up your whole Saturday. <laughs> As it's eight hours long. All right. I think that that maybe sounds good. This does. Testing. Test. Testing. Okay. So yeah, how do how does one habits. change their <laughs> habit? So habits are actually a lot more simple than people realize. And this is what blew my mind is because while I was doing my research in my master's program, I actually did all of my research and my projects around actually applying the information that we were learning into habit formation and Mm -hmm. lifestyle changes. So I did a blend of a program and all of my like electives, I took all of these community health classes with like um, basically fostering healthy habits, even in a community and how you build those things. Right. And doing some research, reading up, there's another book, another habit book that I would almost recommend more, but read them both. Cause they all, they all have nuggets of information. Yeah. What's but this one? Wendy Wood. She is a researcher and an author and she wrote the book, good habits, bad habits. Okay. And so she really breaks down and she, she uses health and wellness as an example because that tends to be, I mean, that's the livelihood for a lot of people, like being able to be healthy and then do everything else in life. Right. So she talks a lot about people get hung up on basically the how of habits when it's so much stronger when you start thinking in terms of when. So any habit that you want to form, it does not matter what it is. All you have to do is attach it to an existing routine and try to automate it in some way. Okay. So a lot of people, when they pick up a new habit, such as if they want to start um, working out, right? The first thing that we fall into is at what point are you starting to make these changes? Is it when you've hit rock bottom? Is it when you see things, you see your actions changing and you know that's going to result in you just not feeling overall good about yourself? We kind of have to see where we're catching ourselves on that fall down. Um, But that's kind of the, the first decision that ends up coming up. But then the second decision that I see with the people that I've worked with at least is you often get people who try to jump into the what's before they figure out anything else. So what I mean by that is they'll jump into some type of challenge or some type of um, diet protocol even. So Um, like a program. Yeah, like a program of of some sort. And that can be really great, Mm -hmm. but only when paired with the knowledge of how to make it stick. And how to make it stick is attaching it to existing routines. Okay. So instead of saying, for example, I'm going to get up and I'm going to start working out five days a week. Well, for one, if you're already not in a habit of even going to the gym two days per week, Mm -hmm. you're already overloading your brain into a change. 
before it's ready to adapt. So you're throwing something completely new at it, and what people don't realize is whenever they do that, they're actually breaking down a bunch of other habits that they already have in place. Hmm. So in order to go to the gym, what were you normally doing at that time? Are you getting up earlier and normally you're sleeping? Or during that time that you're not going to the gym, were you normally in a routine at home, getting your coffee, making lunches for the day, or whatever? And what people don't realize is that you, any type of habit decision you make, change you make, especially when it comes to exercise and nutrition, because you're then putting your body under more stress, Mm -hmm. those decisions alone are stressful for your brain, especially when we're going through things like a pandemic and social crisis and all of these different layers of um, trauma, what I like to call external stress and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. So those things, when you're trying to make a huge change, when there's already a lot of change going on around you, people like to have the mentality of, I'm going to jump all in, but that's like an immediate recipe for it all crumbling apart, or at least some of it crumbling apart. So the best thing that you can do, instead of saying, I'm going to change everything I'm doing overnight, because it's never going to stick, at least not for long. Some people, you know, it's a two-week thing. For other people, they can get on this program and and stick with it for months and be happy and get results for other people it's years and for some people you know they do this thing it changes their life and that is the habit formation they needed you know so you have all these different people but along the lines both in research and in my personal experiences with clients the most successful that you can be with forming any new habit even outside of nutrition and and fitness is that You want to attach it to something you're already doing, and you also want to make it as simple as possible. Okay. So if you want to start some type of wellness habit like meditation, you can wake up in the morning and attach it to a current routine. So let's say in the morning you get your coffee or whatever, you get ready for your day, you brush your teeth. You want to attach that meditation to the end of brushing your teeth instead of trying to throw that meditation into the middle of the day or at the start of your morning where there's not already a routine present before it. Gotcha. So you want to mold it in with other things and attach it to other things. The other thing is consistency and not consistency in the, the mind frame of you're doing it, you know, however many times you want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's more about the time that you're doing it. So then we're kind of working within your your time frame, circadian rhythms and things like that when yeah. it comes to habit formation. So if you go to the gym, you're going to be most successful if you go to the gym at the same time each time, even if it's only three days a week. Right. So it's both time and attachment to something current, and that's how our brains work. Our brains, if you can think of it, they're kind of chain links, and this chain link is all just dropped into your brain, so it's all folded up, and it may seem random. But the chains are connected, and if you want to break a chain and put a new chain on, you have to make sure that you reattach that chain to the next routine. I'm totally getting this, by the way. I, good, this, good. This, the way you're explaining this is how I I see it. I'm almost looking at it like, you know how on Outlook calendars and, and um, things, there's yeah. different schedule views? Yes. Okay, I'm looking at that right now in my brain as you're explaining this. I'm thinking about the work week schedule view yeah. and how it's... It's long. It's seven days a week mm-hmm. or five days a week long. And then there's times that are vertical. Locked out, yeah. And so that's the chain. Like, that's what yeah. I'm looking at. So it is very, um, it's uh, latitude and longitude yes. of what your life is. And on top of that, like, you just sprung a whole another Here area we go. of this. 
<laughs> is that uh, in addition to that, you touch on something very important, and that is basically uncertainty, especially in change. Like this is this is a magnifying glass on change when it comes to uncertainty because if your brain is uncertain and then your environment's uncertain, you don't feel certain. Right? You're yeah. not confident. You're not moving in that space with comfort. Well, fight and or flight probably. Fight or flight yeah. comes into play. And that's exactly where our decision-making processes come down to. And it's on an emotional level. So yeah. this is where we get people who have a blueprint of what their life should look like, what their job should look like, what their financial situation, their um, external appearance or their internal right. health. All these different factors, you have a blueprint of what it's supposed to, quote unquote, look like, what you want it to look like. Mm -hmm. And as long as that's ethical, I don't care what it is. Um, But, you know, then you have the way that you're living. And whenever you're starting a habit, many, many people make the mistake of, you know, you're, you're trying to hit perfection instead of looking and actually taking assessment before you do anything. Yeah, it's impulsive. It's impulsive. And that's why I always tell people, don't wait until you're at rock bottom to do something about it because it's not that it makes it impossible, but it makes it infinitely harder Yeah, because you are stacking the cards against you. Right. And a lot of people, unfortunately, take the mentality because of diet culture, which is a whole other thing we could get into. Mm. But because of diet culture, we're often given these different messages of quick fixes. Yeah. Fix it. Magic pill. Magic pill. And I would even say, and if you look at my content, if you look at my IG and my business over the last Promote it. Where is it? Barbell Balance. There you go. All one word. But um, if you look at it, like even the way that I have handled my clients and their goals and things like that has vastly changed. And that's simply because whenever you try to take on something big like this and you try to overdo it, you always end up failing. And is it not working? Everything is fine. Okay, good. No. That, so it doesn't, it. you don't work. It doesn't work when you take on all yes, this. It yeah. doesn't work. And a lot of people will try to jump in instead of assessing. And there's always about five parts to being successful. One, you have to start, but starting is a part of gathering the information. And like great resource episode, and between Jason Voorhees and my idiot ass, like I'm like this. I'm so sorry. I swear to God, people, you're gonna get such goodness out yeah. of this. It's gonna change your life, but you gotta bear with it. Like even this, like even this, this is probably the hardest thing ever to listen to. But I swear to God, like if you implement what. Kelsey is talking about like you will make your changes. You will make changes. Anyway, keep going, Kelsey. I'm sorry. (sighs) You're good. I'm trying to hold it together, so you're doing fine. I'm sitting here like be professional. No, you're doing a great. I mean, you are professional. You're great. Uh, Okay. The universe needs to implement some new damn habits. No doubt. We are tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example of everything going on right now. Look at how much change is going on in the world. Right. And how chaotic it is. That's what happens to your brain. Yeah. When you're taking on too much, especially, um, whenever 
people try to completely change their lifestyle, which this also includes whenever you're going through a move or going through a divorce even or anything like anything like that. I strongly urge people, strongly, strongly urge people that when a change is happening, it's not that you have to halt everything else that's changing or growing in your life. You just need to take an assessment. Like, do yourself a favor, step back and breathe and say, okay, instead of shooting for perfection, and we all know this, but we don't think about the details of what the, the gravity of what this actually means. Don't go straight for what your expectation of yourself is. Mm -hmm. You have to build integrity with yourself. If this is something that you're not good at and you're not confident, just like anything else, just like work, just like any skill you wanna develop, just like a hobby or a skill, painting, being creative, whatever, right. it takes <clears throat> practice. And you have to remember that the way that your brain works, you have to build integrity with it and you have to train it for what you want it to do. Because there's this really annoying little almond size piece of matter in your gray matter in your head called your amygdala mm -hmm. and it takes inventory and tally of actions and consequences and whether you liked it or not so whenever you are restricting yourself and jumping straight into a dietary protocol that tells you you can and can't do that I just tell people why don't you read out the protocol look at it and see what is easy to implement into your life yeah Instead of trying to do that exactly and fit yourself into this mold that someone else has set. Right. Because your life is going to be different than that person's life. Like this author that's writing a book telling you to do these things, they may just be, their life may revolve around nutrition. Just like my life. I really make it a point to let my clients know, like, your meals may not always look as good as mine because this is just what I do. Yeah. Like, I have already built these habits. So you have to give patience with yourself because I had a growing process to go through as well. Sure. I didn't get to skip all this stuff just because I had the education. Right. But step back and, and get the tools that you need before you go to the job site. Get what you need in order to be successful with what you're doing. And that being, you need to have a little conversation about education. You need to have a little conversation about mindset. You also have a little conversation about how you're going to implement these things successfully, habit formation. So we have to be able to step back and say, all right, here's complete shit. Here's where I'm not willing to go. Mm -hmm. Something that's, you know, maybe even a little bit beneath you. And here's perfection. And this is how we're going to build confidence. Yeah. We're going to look at where we're at right now. And we're going to kind of rate ourselves. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, one, 1 is the complete shit, 10 is the perfection. Where are you right now? And what is it going to take for us to get from 5 to 6 instead of 5 to 10? Exactly. And people like to should themselves into what they're capable of doing instead of what's going to be easy for them. And this is where that confidence piece really starts missing and where people never form the habit. And that's why we go back to bad habits is because we don't sit long enough with a new habit or implement it correctly in some cases. Yeah. And then it falls apart. So we have to make sure that whenever we're implementing this habit, that it's not just something that we can do, so to speak, but it's something that we certainly can commit to. So what I would like people to do, even with like an exercise schedule, I want you to look at your busiest week on the calendar mm -hmm. and tell me how many days you could make it to the gym that week and for how long. That's where I want you to start. Yeah. 
I don't want you to start at, oh, I could do four or five days this week, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, because I have my schedule open, and it's the perfect week it's for perfect focusing on that. It's the perfect time to start, right. yeah. Really, you're setting yourself up for failure even with your integrity that you're building in your mind because you're not taking the steps to build that confidence step by step by step. So I tell people, if you're feeling really discouraged or even overwhelmed, that's a really good indication that you're trying to do something that your brain already has um, logged you know, based on how many times you've gone on and off a diet, based right. on how many times you felt like you failed yourself, based on how many times you didn't go to the gym when you said you would. Your brain has logged all that, and that's where that guilt is coming from, and mm-hmm. even shame whenever we start beating up on ourselves for that guilt. So you're breaking through all of that. And yeah. you think that all of that is going on in your brain, in addition to the conditioning that we had, talking about how our moms talked about their bodies yep. and their cottage cheese ass and all this <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> Gotta love the 90s model influences there. Um, you're, you're basically overloading, not just with tasks. You're not overly, overloading your brain with changes in tasks and things of that nature. But you're also overloading your brain with emotion. Because you are going to be emotionally attached to these decisions that you're making. Right. So you have to make sure that you, you pace it out and... One of the hardest things to do in that process is to swallow your pride and just understand that it's going to take longer than you want it to because we are also conditioned for things that happen immediately. In this culture especially. In this culture especially. Meaning American culture. Yes. I'm just, as you're telling me all this, I'm going back eight years of my fitness. It's not even fitness. It's like um, just consumption and activity, I would call it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, so just a timeline of my history with food and getting in, you know, quote unquote shape. Mm -hmm. So in 2012, I, um, watched food Inc and it changed Uh, actually at Kelly's house. Yeah. And, um, it changed. I hate that documentary. I hate that documentary, but I love that documentary and I've seen it a couple of times. I, I don't watch it a lot. Like I probably won't watch it ever again because I know what the contents are, but it was the first time that I was um, enlightened to the meat industry Mm -hmm. and just where the food that we take for granted is from, like Mm -hmm. as a mass. And I'm not talking about farmer's markets and things like that. I'm talking about in the supermarket, you know, the things that you take for granted, you don't, you don't know where they come from and you don't know Mm -hmm. really what's happening. I'm not saying it's everywhere, but there are some pretty, yeah, it's, it's pretty much everywhere. Yeah. You know, unless you do go to a small farmer's market and get Get your eggs and your meat from there. So, um, anyway, so that was like the catalyst that I educated myself. So it started with education because I, growing up, I was, I played soccer and my mom did aerobics, but I was never somebody that prioritized activity over and food, like I just, you know, I ate because I liked how it tasted and I, I would dance, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. So 2012, I watched that and I decided from that documentary that I was going to start eating. Essentially I became a pescatarian. So I, I started eating fish Mm -hmm. and tons of vegetables and, um, and I, you know, for a long time I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was also that year that I started going to, that's when Tim and I started living together. We lived in Maplewood. I started going to this gym uh, called St. Louis Fitness Club, and we would, he got a membership there too, and we would literally, I would work, you know, 4 a.m. until 1, come home and nap, he would get off work at 5, Um, I would wait, I would get dressed to work out with him, we would either go bike riding in Forest Park, or we would ride our bikes to St. Louis Fitness Club, which was about, um, I want to say it was like two miles, a two mile bike ride, and we would 
go there, I would do a spinning class and an aerobics class, which I loved. Mm -hmm. Um, They were taught by this chick that still works there named Sabrina. She's like the best. She talks like she... She speaks like she's Miley Cyrus, but she looks oh like, God. she kind of looks like Jane Lynch. Like, I don't oh, know. She's the that's best. that's a good blend. And so she was, and she, like, I don't know, her classes were amazing because she was funny and she was encouraging and yeah. she was kind of a hard ass. Like, she'd be like, come on, you can lift more than that. Yeah. But it was, you know, female focused classes. So, mm-hmm. and it was a community of girls. We would be there every week together, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it was three times a week. And I, I it was fun. It was fun and encouraging. So I changed my diet. I had a partner who was encouraging me to, hey, let's continue live to a healthy lifestyle. Live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. We loved living in Maplewood because we could walk to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, like, so it was the most fit and fun time of my life. And so fast forward to, I think we moved into our house now, um, which is in the county uh, in 2015, I want to say, I guess it was 2015. Um, and so now, you know, we're living kind of away from, we can walk places, but it's really far to get to the grocery store. Not as accessible. I personally like retreated into, Oh, I got this big house. Now I'm going to like cook more. And I kind of, uh, I went back into, okay, now I'm going to eat more chicken and um, you know, so my diet started to kind of evolve mm-hmm. and I didn't have, I didn't have a fitness class anymore to go to cause it was too far away. Yeah. And so anyway, those are all excuses for why I, um, changed and, uh, essentially reverted back into old habits because it was like, I, the effort, like Sabrina is still teaching at St. Yeah, Louis Fitness yeah. Club and I love her. And, you know, I still have a bicycle. I can still ride my bike places around yeah. here, you know. And as far as eating, like, I started wanting to eat more chicken. Like, it, I just, essentially, it took me three years, and it, I went back to some habits that yeah. were lifelong at that point. Yeah. And so, what's interesting now, so it's 2020 now, so, again, five years later. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that it's five years. But now I've started the education process again of mm-hmm. reading books about food. Yeah. And, and and now it's not necessarily fear that I am seeing. Good. It's it's good education where it's like good. let's talk about like the nutrient value of broccoli. Yeah. And not where, you know, caged cows and pigs are having fecal matter all over their bodies yeah. and getting ground up. Like, you know, now the education is in a positive place mm-hmm. and the encouragement, um, and I don't want to necessarily promote what I'm doing to work out cause I, it's, um, <laughs> I, it's, this is not what this is about right now, yeah. but like, and I just want a blanket statement because people need to hear this. Yeah. What works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work Absolutely. for you. And what someone else is doing with their exercise and with their food works for their lifestyle. Yes. So don't try to fit a square into a circle and expect it to work. Exactly. And yes. and the other thing with this is is like the um, thing I'm doing now to work out. It I'm literally doing it because it is easy and it's not. And I I don't feel I was going to Orange Theory for like yeah. at the beginning of the year and I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. very much. And literally the pandemic hit and I was like. Damn it. Because I... Stop it. I had started my habit. I had a new schedule. I was, you know, I was waking up at 7. I was hitting class at 7.30 or whatever time. Working out for an hour there. Like, really getting into it. And and then coming home and producing my show and then going to work. Yeah. Like, and I started that habit. And then whenever the pandemic hit, my habit was completely messed up because the gyms were closed. Yeah. 
So I had to disable my account because I don't feel comfortable going into a gym space. And so I've had to um, change how my preferences have been. Because I do, I thrive off of a community of people working out together. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done the one-on-one training and I love that. But it's also, um, for me, I feel like that is a... uh, that for me is kind of a um, luxury. Like if you have enough money to pay for a personal trainer and have oh, yeah. the time. I mean, Orange Theory is the same price as a personal trainer. Yeah, for real. And yeah. so it's like, you know, if you want to spend 100 bucks a month mm-hmm. for either of those, great. Yeah. But it's like now with, I don't know, with my financial thing right now, like I, it's just, I had to, I had to work it into a place where it worked for me. And what I have going on right now with your habit, uh, knowledge I have attached it to other things so I get up and I um put on my workout clothes it's like I brush my teeth wash my face I put on my gym clothes Mm -hmm. because that means I'm I'm set I'm set you linked it I've linked it yes then I come down and I have this scale that I'm kind of obsessed with called the UFI scale and it tells me how hydrated I am my BMI, all this stuff. And I'm yeah. not necessarily focused on the number that my weight is because I'm, good. you know. I would say don't focus on that BMI yeah. number either. Really? Yeah, no. Okay. That's a huge problem in the medical industry Is it? Right go now. on yes. about that because Very that's interesting. misleading. Okay. So the BMI scale doesn't take your muscle mass into account, which is a huge issue because okay. you have, like, for example, a lot of my bodybuilding friends, they would go into the doctor they have a lot of muscle mass. Just because someone has a lot of muscle mass or they look shredded doesn't mean they're healthy. Right. Because um, even, like, getting really lean is very unhealthy if you're there for too long. Um, but in, in those scenarios, they've gone into their doctor's office, even during their off-seasons, and they're as healthy as they can be. They're doing their cardio. They're doing their resistance right. training. They're eating well. And their doctor tells them that they need to lose weight because their BMI is too high. Hi. And you look at them, and you have an athlete standing in front of you. And you're being told that your BMI is too high, and a doctor, even without you know making the exception of oh well, you have considerably more muscle mass or anything like that, they will still argue that you're an unhealthy individual. Hmm. So as far as BMI goes, BMI is specifically tailored to to address overweight and obesity, right? Specifically, so if you do not fit in those two categories, it's pretty much pointless for the general population who does not fit into those categories. Okay. Yeah. I think to me I like quantitative research. Yes. And data is key. It's so it key. It your emotions out of it too. Yeah. Which is why I tell people instead of just taking your weight. So this is kind of how this reads and this is how I have my clients send in their data every week. So my clients get an option. If they're not doing some type of very um, body composition focused goal they can choose not to send me a check-in because if you're not comfortable getting on a scale and you don't want it to mess with your mental, you don't want to get in front of a picture because you just want to focus on the habits, you don't have to send those things in. That's good. But if we're working on a very specific goal, it's critical that you have these pieces of information. And I say this because people who aren't working with someone or isn't working with someone who even has this process even, Um, If you're working with a personal trainer, it's, you know, you're paying for that time, you're paying for that session, and I would say even beyond paying for the time and session, you're paying for the result, you're not paying for the information or the um, habit formation of those goals. So 
it's limited when even when you're working with a professional like whenever we used to train together yeah. it was it was very hard because there's all this information that you want to give your clients so that they can be successful without you yeah but you don't have the time nor are you being compensated for that energy exchange because it is so much more than what you can get done right. with that with that period of time and so that's where the education side of things really sparked interest for me and with that, people need to know that whenever you are tracking your results, in order to keep it unemotional, you have to have data points and it has to go beyond just your weight. Yes. Because your weight can fluctuate just with water. Yeah. It can fluctuate if you, like for example, I went up five pounds this morning because I had a little bit extra of um, the rice and beans from my boyfriend's Cuban mother, <laughs> which you don't pass up a Cuban woman's rice and beans. Right. You just don't. They're amazing. And um, you should be eating these things, you know, inclusive diets. And we want to make sure that we're, we're educated enough to know that things like carbohydrates hold extra water. Right. They naturally do. So the, the scale is going to go up. Your scale is going to fluctuate on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis. Oh, yeah. So whenever you're taking different data points, you want to make sure you're getting the full picture. And the scale is such a small part of the picture that I almost tell people, don't even take your weight. I would rather you be just taking pictures and measurements. Yeah, and measurements meaning with a measuring tape. Measuring tape, yeah. And you can do it around all six points, or you can do it around the the normal ones, but the the most traditional ones to do it are going to be around the chest, it's going to be around the waist, around the hips, and then if you want to, you can do both legs and both arms. Right. You can, or you can do a variant of whichever. Um, But the, the thing with measurements and what people don't realize is your weight, like for example, my measurements have gone down by 6% from where I was at in high school in wow. my waist from, from six inches over that time. Granted, it's been quite a while since I've been in high school, but my weight has gone up around 40 pounds since then, but my measurements are different. Yeah. And you have to take into account that your weight is not the only thing changing and that we actually get a better picture because if your weight is going down but your measurements are staying the same, we can kind of look at that and go, okay, it's probably a little bit more water Mm -hmm. than anything else. Um, If your weight is going up but your measurements are staying the same or going down, we're probably looking at something that's going on like body recomposition or even just fat loss. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing that I like to tell people is do keep in mind that whenever you lose weight and if you're doing so to tone or you're doing so to look leaner or... um, I would prefer if people were doing it to, you know, just working out and eating well to be healthy. And not just see that as a means to an end when you want to get fit. Yeah. But see it as, like, the standard for just what you do every day. And then you get a little bit more into it or a little bit less into it, depending on the season of life or the goal that you have. That would be ideal. Yeah. But when it comes to that habit formation, you have to go through those steps and you have to make sure that you are taking care of your mental and your emotional just as much as you're going after your physical. Absolutely. Because there's there's emotional ties to losing weight. Um, that's why you will never, ever, 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 from now until the rest of my life, you will never see me compliment someone for losing weight. Yeah. If I do, it will first be a question of, did you intend to lose that weight? Yeah. Because we're not here to glorify weight loss as if it's, like, good in every situation and for every person. 
Because that's that's just what we've been taught. Well, that's the same as saying, like, I have a cottage cheese ass. Yes. It's the spectrum. So, like, yes. there's a spectrum of... And, and both can be very detrimental yeah. to mental wellness because, you know... I've done the HCG diet, you know, I think I did it back in 2010 and that thing is a quick fix, but it's an unhealthy fix for, cause you drop and it's kind of crazy how it works. Mm-hmm. And it trust me, it's, it's uh, and I've known plenty of people who've done it multiple times because they end up get, putting the weight back on, possibly even and more weight. And I can weight. tell you why that happens too. Well, finish that. Well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like the spectrum is like when I've lost my weight, you know, it's like, oh my God, you look so great. And then you, it becomes a sickness. Your because, identity. Yeah. You're like, oh, I only look good if, pe- if I'm this. If I'm this. If I, and if people can see an external change. And the same is true for if you put on a few pounds, people are going to say like, oh, like you put on some water. Or they like, say nothing. Yeah. Or they say nothing. Or they, or they go, uh, they start making like some sort of excuse as to why or you know, it's some other, I don't know. It's like, it's so negative in this culture to be, um, you know, in quotation, big boned, like, you know, it's, um, and maybe it has nothing to do with diet. Like it's genetics. Like you have something Mm -hmm. your disposition and your genetic read is, Hey, we're like, we're bigger family. Like we just are built, you know, like bigger than the average person. Like, so, and along with that comes notions that if you're bigger, you're lazy. Right. Or if you're bigger, you're a slob. Or yeah. if you're bigger, and all of these really disgusting, like, fat-shaming type of things. Right. When none of those are true. And the, the thing is, is that's always a reflection of a person. If someone's not taking care of themselves, they don't feel good about themselves. Therefore, they feel that they are in a place to kind of judge other people's good spots oh, and bad sure. spots. And... Unfortunately, what I find in my particular uh, industry is that because food and movement and all these things, especially food, um, because it is a necessity in life, people think that they know better a lot more than they usually do. They think that they know more than they usually do. Sure. And I find that people start to focus on the wrong things, and those are the dangerous things. What, like what? So, for example... um, I only say this because I know you've already done a bit of work in nutrition. You've done that work of knowing that the big things have to happen first. So I'm I'm saying this for people who go searching for quick fixes, how-tos, and answers mm-hmm. without doing the big things first. And that is when people start looking into genetic research when it comes to health information or looking into superfoods or looking into all these different things. And the thing is with them is... All of those details can be taken care of if you just focus on the actions that everyone wants to avoid looking at because it's the hard work. Right. And I know people roll their eyes and they're like, oh, like probably even listening to this podcast, they're like, oh, we're going to get nutrition information and maybe she's going to like tell me the key to the kingdom. And I'm telling you the key to the, the, key to the kingdom is being patient with yourself. It is forming small habits that help build confidence over time. Mm -hmm. And it's not focusing on buying a fat-burning pill to help you get there. Right. If you have not had a solid stint of just forming habits for at least a few months, there's no reason you should be walking into a supplement store. Right. No reason whatsoever. Unless you are going there because you have a busier lifestyle to aid in these things, such as protein powders, um, 
you know, get, getting the things that are there as macronutrients, which mm-hmm. are your protein, carbs, and fats, rather than trying to get green powders that don't actually um, assimilate into the body like they say they do. Interesting. Like the super green. The super greens, things like that. And a, a lot of things that people don't realize is, you know, they, they want to lose weight, but then they go start going for superfoods. Well, the piece that we're missing here is that those superfoods still have a caloric content. Right. Just because you're eating healthy doesn't mean you're not overeating. Right. And I think we get this mixed message a lot, especially on social media where you see those different um, graphics come up when someone's like, oh, this is how much fast food you can eat for this many calories. This is how much whole food you can eat for this many calories. And right there, you're already setting the precedent that, oh, if I just eat healthy, I can eat as much as I want. As long as I'm eating these clean foods, I can still, and then people don't see results. Yeah. And they're like, I'm doing all these good things. Like, what's the point in doing them? And I'm not even enjoying the, you know, the steamed broccoli I'm eating. Right. So what's the point? And the point is the one that was missed when you started this process. And it's that you have to focus on the big things first. And that's just simply, if you're not eating consistently, we shouldn't be looking at eating like every color of the rainbow on one plate. That's going to be too much stimulation, too much change at one time. It's going to break down. Hmm. So we have to get very, I would even say, like, brutally honest with ourselves. Very self-aware of just because it's possible for you to go to the grocery store, pick out seven different colors of vegetables, and put them on one plate, doesn't mean that that's going to be sustainable for you. Yeah. And for some people, it is. For that food blogger you follow, it is. For that... For that Pinterest blog, it is, but that may not be your situation. Right. So we need to look at, okay, are you even eating consistently? What does that mean? So eating consistently in this context, I would say like one day are you eating one or two meals and the next day you're eating four. Okay. So you're saying, do you eat the same amount every day? Yeah. Like, are you being methodical? Yeah. I would say because consistency can get muggy with what that even means. Mm -hmm. You know, is that like a, I get my check per day. Does that mean I get my little, my check off? Every time I complete the action, consistency can go all over the place. But whenever it comes to food and we're talking about implementing habits with the education, with the mindset, we have to think of this tripod that comes in the form of a cue to reward process. So you have a cue, you have an action, you have a reward. And this can be positive or negative. This cue can spark a negative action, such as binge eating. So Mm -hmm. you get in a fight with your partner or your loved one. You go into an action of emotionally eating, drinking, smoking, whatever it is for you. And there's a reward to that. There's Mm -hmm. a reward to unhealthy behaviors, just like there's a reward to healthy behaviors. So we have to start looking at things like, if you don't like vegetables, why are we taking this rainbow vegetable challenge? Take the one, five vegetables that you enjoy and let's just work on making those and making them in ways that we really enjoy them. Yeah. Um, and getting and the most out of them at their baseline at nutrition. At their baseline nutrition, yes. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a superfood, but I think because of food marketing, um, which I'm hosting a really interesting person on my Instagram in a week. Oh. And her name's Bree Wheeler, and she actually worked in the marketing area of food and nutrition. Interesting. And she's a nutritionist. What day is this going to air? Um, next week on Thursday. 
So it'll be on IGTV for replays and everything else. But On Barbell Balance. Yes, on Barbell Balance. And she's actually worked in the marketing industry for food. And she was at the meeting where they came up with the artisan or artesian foods mm. that went all over the place. Yeah. And everyone thought that this was better for some reason. Yeah. But really it was coming out of the same... Same exact places that these foods were going to come right. from originally. It was just being marketed in a way, which is all marketing There's is. some flour on this bread, yeah. so it's an artisan bread. This it Shibata was, bread. It was made from the base <laughs> ingredients. It was like it was made from those ingredients. Bread is bread. Like those yeah. ingredients were in there to begin with. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's different things like that that we have to understand that even superfoods are being alkaline or all these things. These developments, especially these micro conversations that a lot of doctors have and a lot of dietitians and things like that we have to remember that these people are in fields or in um even in education systems where they are addressing sick individuals mm -hmm. they are addressing people who are already malnourished in these areas and the majority of us are malnourished in some ways whether it be from inconsistency or whether it be from you know just not getting the right things um, and we, we have to look at, okay, like, is this superfood actually going to help me be healthy if my mind's not in the right place and right. if I'm not thinking the right way and I'm using this as a means to an end and not as an additive to improve yes. the other nutritious foods that I'm already eating. Because it's not going to help you lose weight. It's not going to help you be healthier if you are still continuing to... Um, indulge in other unhealthy behaviors that essentially is, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to cancel it out because I hate it when people are like, oh, I ate a burger, so I ate a salad and it canceled it out. Yeah. But it's it's not canceling it out. It's still providing you with nutrition that you wouldn't otherwise be getting. But a lot of times, you know, these superfoods, they are way overpriced because they're marketing them as this exotic thing right. that isn't in your... This privileged in, thing. This, this privileged thing. Yeah. You could have a whole conversation about <laughs> dieting and how it is a privilege. Um, but yeah, so, so really, like, instead of grasping at the air for like, you know, oh, this thing is supposed to cleanse me or this is supposed to reset me, a lot of these resets and challenges and and complete submersion into what I would call an advanced strategy as a beginner, even if you've done a diet a million times, you're still a beginner if those habits didn't ever stick. And a lot of times people will jump into these types of diets where they lose all this weight and they think it's amazing. But what a lot of people don't realize is that dietitians and nutritionists, when we take a client through a weight loss phase, we actually get their calories up First, before we even start dieting, we actually encourage our, our clients to maybe even gain a couple of pounds because what happens when you start dieting in order to make that diet last longer, therefore get more results, you can't crash your calories. And I tell everyone, um, especially my clients when we have this conversation, your body, and we forget this from sixth grade biology, but we're maintaining homeostasis. Mm. Yeah. It's what our body's doing. So it's fluctuating up, it's fluctuating down. That's why your weight fluctuates, it's why your calorie needs fluctuate. All because you're things. using energy all day. You're using energy your all day. Your heart's beating a million yes. times a and day. some days your body's using more energy, sometimes it's not. Right. Like if you're going through a stressful situation, guess where that thinking power comes from? Yeah, it comes from the food you're eating. Why are you exhausted? Yeah. Because you're burning energy. Right. So it's, you know, we have to start talking about, okay, what, what are these what are these diets doing for us? Yeah. So 
we have a bank account here called our calories. Mm -hmm. And so if we have the calories that we need and we're trying to lose weight, that means that we have to get in a calorie that is below our needs in order to compensate for the fat that we want to burn, the calories that are stored in our body that we want to burn and start getting in in a deficit, dropping that weight. Well, a lot of people, they'll start wherever they're at and they'll immediately start dropping food off their plate. But their metabolisms are already in a really shitty spot. They're not optimized right now because they're not actually consistently getting what their body needs. Mm -hmm. So you're already starting yourself at a disadvantage. Right. Then when you're dropping that weight, a lot of people just drop their calories really quick. Well, your body can only sustain being in a diet for so long. And this is where we get in issues with people dieting year round. Because your body's going to gain weight and lose weight even if you don't want it. So it's better to be in control of that and control those factors than to be constantly trying to put it in one of those states and then wondering why things aren't moving or why they're going in the opposite direction or sure. like that. When you diet, you drop your calories really quickly. You're also dropping weight really quickly, and your body is at a set point where it says, I might be able to lose a few more pounds, but at the calories you're giving me, like my body cannot operate optimally with the activity you're giving me and with the calories you're giving me. And so it holds on to it. And this is, and that's where that hold on conversation comes from. It's not that your body is holding on. It's that you are eating more than you realize. But if you eat any less, you're not going to be operating at full capacity. Right. You're going to have a headache. You're You're going to have a headache because your, your body runs on calories and it needs that energy. And whenever you drop things that quickly, you also cut down the time in which you could lose weight a lot shorter. Mm. And so what ends up happening is you are putting your body in a stressful state. Dieting is stressful. Why? Because just like your bank account, if your bank account is lowering, you have to start making some decisions. Mm -hmm. You have to decide, am I going to spend this money on rent or am I going to spend this money on another pair of Jeffrey Campbell shoes? Mm -hmm. There's a balance there. Your body has to do the exact same thing. And especially for us women, it's it's horrible that we have this diet culture that is directly um, targeting us more so. Yeah. um, Because... For us, our period and everything that makes us healthy, like the estrogen that is generated in our bodies helps with our bone density. It helps fight against osteoporosis. It helps do all these things other than give us this awful week every month. Sure. And... It's good to hear something positive about a period because I got to tell you, as far as mine goes... Oh, wait till you're 35. Growing up and... Yeah, it's awful. And I know there's men listening to this right now who will never understand, but it's like, I... My 30s... I mean, cause I, and I feel like I'm doing premenopause right now because yeah. I'm, I really do feel like my body's changing in so many different ways. Um, and it's, you know, it's hell. They're getting worse <laughs> they are. as they I get, get older. Yeah. I'm like, how is this even possible? Um, but yeah, so basically our body is having to choose and especially for us women, your body, the lower your calories are getting, the more your body's having to decide whether it spends calories on keeping you alive. Mm-hmm. Or if it's spending calories and making you feel good or things like that. And your body really does have to choose. And this is where a lot of people wonder, why can this person lose all this weight and still, you know, even feel good? Or why can this person continue losing weight but I can't? Mm -hmm. And this is where we get the body holding on conversation. 
And we have to be careful about this conversation because, again, if you aren't familiar with the education and you're not familiar with how nutrition works biologically in the body... Which none of us are. Which none of us are. Like, I'm, you know, that's why I have to take advice from other professionals in other realms. And be, and that's what I mean by people think they know a lot more than they do mm-hmm. because food is an integrated part of our lives. And so people tend to think that professionals in this area should be cheap or should be this or should be that because, um, you know, it's like, well, this is something that I have to do to live, so I I know something about it, right? And there's so much more to it when it comes to trying to reach a goal because your body does not give a shit what you want to look like. Mm -hmm. It's just in these streets trying to survive. It's just living. It's just living, and it needs to be taken care of in order to do what you want it to do. Right. So if you do want it to lose weight, you got to give a little. You got to let your body be in a healthy state. You got to sit at a little bit higher body fat percentage or a little bit more weight most of the year, I would say, than you're dieting. Mm-hmm. And people just genuinely, that's a hard conversation to have because people have a hard time having that conversation and not immediately thinking that that means they have to like gain 30 pounds. Right. It can be a five pound surplus. It can be just a little five, 10 pound. And then you got to drop so that you can drag out this dieting phase and do it sustainably. Because if you're losing more than one or two, two pounds is aggressive, very aggressive. And you're going to lose a lot at first. Your body's just going to because it's dropping water weight. But you have to keep in mind that as you drop down, you're going to hit what people like to refer to as a plateau. Mm-hmm. And people hit them so quickly because they drop their calories so quickly. You're going to get... Much more result, meaning if your goal is weight loss, you're going to get a lot closer to that number goal, so to speak. We have another conversation on people actually picking reasonable numbers to begin with. Right. Um, a lot of people just like to pick whatever weight they felt the best in the past, and I'm like, that's your past you. Drop that notion, because mm-hmm. we got to talk about current you, which may be in an even better situation. Sure. And so we have to have this conversation of, are we making this sustainable? Because you're only going to get more results if your dieting phase can actually last longer. Do you feel like, because I, I keep thinking about the um, eat to live, live to eat, yeah. you know? hate that one. But I, for me, especially where I'm at right now, being 35, obviously having hormonal changes, um, you know, I do have a goal, a number goal in mind for me, but yeah. I also don't have... I've eliminated the pressure and the expectation. Mm. And that's, it's weird when you say, oh, I have a goal, but I don't have any expectation. That doesn't, it sounds like oxymoron. It's actually the way you're supposed to do it. I, yeah, I agree. Like I feel very free right now in Mm. what I'm doing and I, and I'm not, I've kind of, I don't know how this has happened, but I've been able to eliminate the noise around me of like what I should be doing. Mm. And I've literally just been taking it in and I'm like, okay, how do I feel? Am I feeling good? Am I eating when I feel like I need to eat? Yes. Do I, am I making conscious choices when I am eating? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I have those moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have myself like a pop tart. Like, absolutely. But I'm not like, I've eliminated the, uh, beating myself up. I am allowing myself some grace with understanding like, Hey, this is an ebb and flow and it's not going to be easy, but it's also not going to be hard. It's just going to be. And so Mm -hmm. it's like. Let yourself, like, again, going back to, like, have habits. Yeah. Make healthy choices. Be conscious about, and have and, and have responsibility with what you're putting in your mouth. I feel like there's a lot of us that are like, 
I've had a stressful day, so I'm just going to binge this bag of chips. Yeah. I guess that's you being responsible for that, but own it and say like, okay, Mm -hmm. I did this. There's really no taking it back. Maybe next time when I have a stressful moment, I will learn to not um, just go to the lowest hanging fruit, which is mm-hmm. this shitty bag that I didn't even want to eat, yeah. but I did, and now I feel double worse. There, there's things that you have to do with every step of the way. It's like, don't beat yourself up when you do make a bad choice, but recognize that you didn't make the best yeah. choice. And then from there, hopefully you learn that lesson and you move on. And then, and it's an incremental slow churn of better habits, responsible eating, whatever that means. This can mean mm-hmm. a million different things, but, and then, and then have a goal in mind, but not a timeline. Yeah. So, and I would say rather than not putting expectation on yourself, you're not putting pressure on yeah. yourself. And because we, we all have expectations, whether we want them or not. And the, the thing is with that is. I, I have a lot of people that come to me, and this is even just like on DMs on Instagram, not necessarily just clients, but they have this question of, okay, what if I told myself I wasn't going to feel guilty for going out and eating, but then the next day I'm, I'm feeling guilty and I'm telling myself I have to go work this off. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is this is the piece that I talk about that can't be avoided and that I, I wish I wish for my own sake and for everyone else's that I could say that you could skip through these things and, and still be successful, but you can't. Right. And what you touched on is one part of a five part process that I walk through people, walk through with people. And that is you just touched on the reflection piece. And when people think about their, their exercise and nutrition, or even just their habits, you know, they eat that bag of chips out of frustration, or they have those um, few glasses of wine they weren't anticipating every single day after, you know, every day is a stressful day. Sure. So we need to start looking at what are your stress triggers? Yeah. Not what are you doing because of those stress triggers? And that's where that cue to reward system comes in, because what's so brilliant about this is that if you interrupt it, you can change it. Yeah. So if you recognize it, if you recognize it and when you recognize that you feel guilty for eating something, I want us to sit down and not say, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? I want us to ask what led up to that? What happened? What was I feeling? What was I thinking? And then what was the action that I took? What was the reward that I got from that action? Mm -hmm. And it might be that for a moment you felt in control of something that you didn't have control over. And you took that control by controlling what went into your body. Mm -hmm. And we can be okay with making that decision, but we also have to look back and say, is it just the bag of chips? Or is it the way that I'm popping off to my kids in the car? Right. When I'm in a stressful traffic situation. And it all, and it goes back to a root. A root, yes. And so, a root meaning like into the ground root. like. I always think about how, you know, everything is connected. So like mental health, physical health, digestive health, psychological mm-hmm. health, it's all in it's all there. Connected. Yeah. Like a lot of psychiatrists, well, not psychiatrists. If you, if there's many holistic psychologists mm-hmm. out there that will say, Hey, stress begins in your gut. Like mm-hmm. what you're consuming 
can have an effect on your mood, mm-hmm. how well you're working, what your body feels like, therefore Just how stressed like your you environment get. environment can affect what you're putting in your body. Yes. It's so interesting when it you is. look at how circular and secular and all that it is. Yeah. It's and it so can be cool. so overwhelming. And that's why I tell people and, you know, people may not want to hear this and they sound way more involved than they even want it to be. They just want to say, F it. Like, I just want to lose a few pounds. Why do I have to have this right. conversation? Well, I'm telling you, if, if you want that goal and you want it to stay and you don't want to keep coming back to where you've been as far as, like, I'm unhappy with where I'm at and, you know, I, I'm not exercising enough, I'm not eating clean enough, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, you know, you're, you're going to live in that cycle for the rest of your life unless you do something different. And doing something different doesn't mean jumping on this new diet. Right. It doesn't mean going to this new type of exercise class. It doesn't mean doing more exercise. It means shutting the world off, getting in touch and reflecting with the only person who knows what you actually want, mm-hmm. which is only you. Right. It can only be you. So you have to shut down and shut the world out and kind of take a moment. And I have my clients do this every single day for in-between activities. And basically what I have them do is interrupt whatever cycle they're in. So if they're going, especially right now for people working from home, Mm -hmm. if you're going from home things to work things or work things to home things, you need to decompress. Yeah. Because your actions are going to come out in the way that you're handling your stress. And we're not our best selves when we're stressed. We all know that. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, with how stressed we normally are, we're looking at everything that can band-aid the stress, but we're not looking at the actual solution, which is how we're handling that stress. So that's what we have to look at. And, you know, I I need everyone, even today, like, go home and Mm -hmm. just sit down and say, how am I acting in my life right now? Is that in alignment with what I want for myself? Am I proud of those decisions? And then let's actually get to the root of, well, what is it that I actually do want? Like, what is the goal here? What is the goal here? Is the goal that you want to lose 10 pounds or is the goal that you want to feel feel, better? Feel better. Is it because you want more energy? Because I can tell you right now from someone who has been in the bodybuilding industry, who thought that was the answer to feeling better about myself, Mm. for someone that has coached so many clients, I have had clients that have ghosted on me because they didn't like what we were doing and have come back to me three years later and are getting amazing results because they simply came to terms with the fact that they have to stop listening to everyone else. They have to start reflecting and they have to start answering the hard questions, which are what, what is it that you actually want? Like, do you feel yourself some days? If that's the case, then why can't you feel yourself every day? We're all going to have ups and downs. We're all going to have days where we feel like complete shit or we feel really, really great. And the question is, is, is that happening because you're living or not living in alignment with yourself genuinely? Mm. Or is it because you're trying to live to the expectations that you think are around you? Right. We need to have a little bit of this like F off energy to those things that are making us feel like crap about ourselves. That's so great. I I almost want to end this here because I feel like there's no real better resolve to what we've been talking about for an hour than that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's going to be where you start at ground zero. That is great. Yeah. And go from there. That is your your safety too. That is, that is home base. And anytime you question it, you have to come back there and that's the first step. The next step is saying, okay, so hi self. 
what is my perfect? What is the actual goal? And get clear with that and then focus on the actions. Yeah. Instead of looking at the scale and going, the numbers aren't doing what I want them to do, reflect back and go, are your actions, are you proud of your actions? If the answer is yes, pat yourself on the back and move on with your day. Mm -hmm. Wear your favorite jeans. Wear that top that, you know, you feel really good in. Um, Go still do your workout because at the end of the day, a number on a scale, we've all seen this at this point, it's not your worth. And how you look even without numbers on a scale is not your worth. Um, you can you can very much live in alignment with yourself without trying to constantly conform to what you think people expect of you. It doesn't matter. And it's all in. It's all within. You can. It's all within. Be- I've always heard this that beauty starts within. One hundred percent. And I totally believe this because I'll have days where I'm like feeling really good. It's not that I got a haircut or yeah. look good. It's just that I'm like I'm feeling great today and like I have a little more pep in my step yeah. and my clothes. I pick out a cute outfit and I'm like in a good mood and you know, that energy that you're bringing is there. And it's like, I feel like that for me is where I am at right now with how I feel. I'm like, you know what? The world's falling apart. It's really shitty right now, but I am feeling, I'm starting to get into a a groove with the things that I'm learning and the way that I'm changing the way I think and know about what's happening in the world and all this stuff. It's all collective and it sounds very overwhelming and it is. But I'm literally taking it day by day and doing mm-hmm. my best every day with all sorts of different things. Yes. And honestly, I don't think that there's a better um, way to be than that. 100%. So. And that's what I encourage all the time. If you're DIYing your health and nutrition right now, if you're DIYing your fitness right now, um, all I can tell you for success means, and I wouldn't even say success. I think we need to reiterate what that means. But for fulfillment in what you're doing yeah, that's to, a better way. to be proud of yourself and what you're doing. Think about what is the next step. And then I want you to reflect, 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 reflect when days are good. Why is it good? Yeah. What routine did you have that morning? Right. What helped you to make that a good day? Sure. Try to implement that tomorrow when you're in a really bad place and you do something as a reaction to that. Look at that. Say what triggered that situation? What action did I take because of it? What reward did I get from that? And then find ways to interrupt that in the future. And maybe it's taking a few deep breaths before you go to the pantry and pouring out a serving size of potato chips, taking a few deep breaths. Have your potato chips. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. And reflect, adjust, and take it easy on yourself because that is where that real success is going to come from. And it's, it's not just fluff. It's the truth. Well, I love this conversation. I, my God, it took... We, I just want to tell people, a team. <laughs> we tried to have a zoom call for the, I've never done the zoom podcast. And so you were my first experiment with that. And we had a Wi-Fi issue didn't work out. So now you're at my house. We tried to be COVID friendly by going outside, outside the stupid weed whacker asshole that I live near. I don't know who that is. Um, you know, and then now we're inside distant and, um, doing the best. So I, this is kind of a metaphor, physical metaphor for, Hey, sometimes it's not going to work out, but Hey, you got to get it in. And so this is a great example of that. Uh, Kelsey, tell everybody where they can follow you and just, um, pitch yourself. Like if they want to get in touch with you or, or what's that first step if they 
want your services or, um, you know, what you would recommend for people that are inspired now that want to, uh, go through you to get yeah, there? Yeah. I actually, I have three different avenues. So I like to consider myself a DIY friendly, um, a content creator, if you will. Okay. So on my Instagram at barbell balance, that is my main platform. It's really the only content platform I'm on. Um, that area is perfect if you're just trying to get a feel. If this is a completely new mentality than how you've ever even interacted with other health professionals or things you've read, um, you know, kind of sleuth around over there, get the information that you can. There's plenty of posts that you yeah. can go to. Um, and then I also do an IGTV um, show every Tuesday at 11:30 a.m. CST. It's called The Free 30, and I post a Q&A every single Monday with a bit of a prompt, and I also have a form on the link on my IG page where you can submit a thorough question and Love get it. free 30 minutes of coaching on that live show. It's great. Um, so that's where I do my free stuff, if that's what you want to take advantage of. I also have an email list that I go into thorough detail on habit formation and everything with every week. Um, paid services. I'm opening up a group coaching program. I'm launching it the week of my birthday cool. as a little birthday gift. Um, so that will be at the end of September that that is launching. Um, and it's going to be a great time. I already have two people enrolled at this point and it hasn't even launched. So, um, those two alone are going to bring amazing energy to the group. So really I'm excited great. about that. And then I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. So a few different avenues, but I would say first and foremost, go scope around on the page, follow me, sign up for that email letter and the link in the bio, come to those lives every Tuesday, and we can at least get you on a good first step if you don't know where to start. Perfect. Kels, thank you so much of for course. educating. I'm trying to get wellness out there for people, and yes. you are such a great resource for that, so thanks yes. for being here. Of course. Isn't she just the best? God, ah, I'm so mad that the sound was not perfect. You know, I, in retrospect, we should have just hauled ass over to the station on a Saturday, but uh, such is life. So anyway, Kelsey, I, I want to apologize to you for the shitty sound quality, but hopefully people are taking notes of what they could get from this and they are going to insist on making changes and better habits and our lives, right? That's what we have to do. We have to take care of ourselves so we can all be uh, 105 years old together. Again, if you want to follow Kelsey, it is very simple to do. You can go to Instagram and find her at Barbell Balance. And from there, she has all sorts of different uh, options for you to watch her videos. If you want to, you know, link on over to getting her personal services for yourself, you can do that. She has been a trainer of mine, a one on one trainer, and she's somebody who I've always enjoyed obviously talking to about health-related things regarding um, fitness and, in this case, nutrition. And it was super neat for me to follow uh, along with her getting her master's and just everything she's going to do from here. So you will know her. If you don't know her already, she's incredible. So again, much thanks to Kelsey for having some patience with me on a Saturday in my home with crazy neighbors. All right. So the 20th, we will be back. It will be a male uh, host, co-host of the podcast. And I don't have any damn idea who that is. I know a lot of you have been waiting for the follow-up second episode with Donnie Fandango. It might be that. It could be a different man. I'm just going to maybe hold off and make you wait for that second run-up to Donnie's story because uh, it will be a good one for sure. Anyway, I hope that you're well. Continued wellness to all. Please share information that you have learned in this episode and uh, rate, review, how crappy the audio was 
and, you know, give me zero stars or whatever, I guess. Ugh, I'm hopefully never going to have to do that again to a guest. But nonetheless, it was still super fun to laugh about it, uh, which is all you can do with Kelsey. I'll talk to you all on the 20th. Peace.